do you know if you're a people pleaser? Well, you're probably exhausted from doing so much for other people. You're probably ready for it to be your turn, and yet you feel guilty and selfish if you wanna do something for yourself. If you can relate to that, stay tuned. I'm Brenda Florida, Certified Life Coach, and I've got a full solution for you, and we talk about different aspects of that every episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. From emotional intelligence skills, to practical coaching tools. We use my own framework I created called the Solve It Method. And I have guests on from time to time to share their expertise with you as well. So you are in the right place at the right time being exactly who you are. And now join me for this episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. Welcome to this episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. We are going to talk about the truth about money and shame. So this episode may surprise you. I may say some things you don't agree with. That's okay. I may say some things that are really uh, controversial and hopefully bring you a lot of relief. This is not going to be Dave Ramsey. This is not going to be Susie Orman. I'm not going to tell you to quit drinking cappuccinos or whatever. I'm going to talk about what is true in this dynamic of our relationship with money and shame and how so much of what our culture has taught us about money includes shame, shame because we're spending too much, shame because whatever, we're not saving enough, or we have debt or shame because any number of things that has to do with money, because it's a topic that is almost always brought up as if we are doing something wrong. So I want you to think about that right now in your own relationship to money and kind of check in with yourself and see how much around What you spend, what you save, what you do, what you don't do is driven by an idea that you're probably doing it wrong to begin with. Whatever you're doing is wrong or, you know, it's not enough. You're not saving enough. You're not, you know, making enough. You're not whatever it is. Somehow money ends up, no matter how much we're making, doesn't have anything to do with how much money you're making. It has to do with the idea that it's an ex, it's a very tangible external thing, right? It's we can hold it in our hands. And it's an exchange of value, right? I use it to buy things. And so always in the topic of value, there's a lot of judgment. If we take it off of money altogether, we know historically and currently a great way to get in a big fight is to talk about different values we have, because a lot of people won't share those values. Everybody has different, you know, not everybody doesn't have different values than everybody, but there are many people, whatever your values are, it won't take you very long to find someone who doesn't agree with them. But money is something, so same thing with money, but it's something we're all using and having to, you know, manage as part of our life 
all the time. It's always out in front of us, right? Because a day rarely goes by that you're not spending money one way or another. You're buying gas, you're buying groceries, you're getting, you know, going out to eat, you're paying a bill, you're something like money is always in our face. And so it's a very easy target for criticism and judgment. And culturally, it's an easy target for espousing what people should be doing and not doing with their money. How much should they save? How much should they invest? How much should you be worth to, you know, carry yourself through your whole life? Whatever. And you'll find all sorts of experts with all sorts of different ideas. But the truth is you have your own internal barometer, let's call it, for your own money spending and saving, your own values around money. And it's really a relationship. So in the same way that no two marriages are the same, there's no formula for having a great marriage. There are common things that a lot of couples that have been happy for a long time do, but always, whatever those common things are, you know, we never go to bed angry, whatever. There's going to be a couple that's super happy and they don't do that. They go to bed angry if they need to, you know, so there, there's no formula for what makes this right. It is a relationship that you have with money because in addition to money being a very tangible thing, it's also an energetic thing. And in that exchange of value, there's an energetic exchange. It's not just a physical exchange. And so the relationship you have with money, do you believe that money is there to support you or is it a necessary evil? Well, if you're in relationship to someone and they are just a necessary evil for you, that's probably not a really great relationship. So I'd love for you to start thinking about money like you would think about a person. How am I treating them? Am I showing them love? Am I viewing this as a reciprocal relationship, right? In relationships, we don't do all the giving. One person doesn't do all the giving, although with people pleasers, it can turn out that way. Uh, but if you are doing that in, in your uh, human relationships, you know how out of balance you're feeling. And the same is true with our money. If we are out of balance with it, it's not going to feel good. Love finds a way to find that alignment, to find that balance. It's when we're in shame or criticism or self-indulgence or overindulgence that we get out of balance. And overindulgence is not, there's no standard for that. What is overindulging for me might not be overindulging for you. What's overindulging for me changes from day to day, right? It might not even be the same from one day to a net, the next because of wherever I'm at or whatever money is flowing in or out or whatever. So it's about being able to be in the present moment and be in love with this relationship with money, to be in love with money. So if I'm in love with money, I'm not going to shame it like most of us do. I'm not going to shame myself around it. I'm going to love it. Even if I'm, even if I can tell I'm out of balance, maybe I'm whatever, overspending and undersaving or something like that. I'm still going to challenge you to ask yourself based on whose standard, 
because the only standard that matters is yours. And there's plenty of people who will have an idea about that that's outside of the cultural norm. And they're perfectly happy and healthy and not living under a bridge somewhere, you know, because they spend it all. I mean, that's, that was the message I always got. If I spend too much and I don't save enough, I'm going to be living under a bridge when I'm an old lady, you know. Um, but whatever your similar message is, that's not what love would tell you. Now, love may encourage you to save more money, which might mean you spend less or whatever. But when it comes out of love, it's not hard. It's like me going to the gym now. I, I, it's not a struggle for me. I mean, it doesn't mean I never have to kind of nudge myself to go lace up the sneakers and get over there. But in the grand scheme of what it used to be when I was resisting it, when I didn't want to go and to go meant I really had to make myself. Uh, that is not happening now. So there's a big difference between, and this is a great thing to start to cultivate for yourself is the sort of discernment between when am I really in resistance and when am I, you know, just whatever, kind of being lazy. Like I just could sit home instead of going to the gym, but I don't really have that strong resistance. So when I don't have that strong resistance, love says, you know what, you're going to feel better when you get up and go. And I get up and go and it's not really that hard. When I have that resistance, I need to deal with that resistance first so that then love can come in and say, okay, let's go to the gym or, okay, let's wait to buy that thing or, okay, let's buy that thing and feel good about it instead of buying the thing and then feeling guilty about it, you know? So love will always find its way to balance you so that you're feeling good about this relationship with money. You're feeling just like in a couple or partnership or marriage or business partnership, sometimes one person is doing more giving and one person is doing more receiving, right? Being in balance in your relationship doesn't mean it's always a certain way because always and never don't create balance. So you want to get sort of fluid with it and be very present moment with it of, is this a good decision for me to save or spend right this minute? Do I need to put it off? Cause I'm not sure. Do I need to say, wait, do I need to say yes or no? Like what feels like love to me? And sometimes we'll do it and go, Oh, <laughs> okay. I don't think that was love. That was just me wanting to do what I wanted to do. And that's okay. Now I, now I'm getting better at reading at setting this barometer of, a, of alignment with what would love do. Because I think that's the other thing, especially with money, we tend to, it's sort of like parenting in this way, as if we're all supposed to know what we're doing with it, but there are no classes for it, you know, kind of a thing. So just lots of people's advice from their own experience and their own perspective, which may or may not work for me or my kid at all. What works beautifully for one person with how they raise their kid, kids, whatever. And so they write a book about it. And so then that makes people think like right away, it's like, oh, well, they're an authority. So I'm going to do it the way they did it. I'm going to solve my problem of this. My kid's acting out, throwing tempers in the grocery store, tantrums in the grocery store. I'm going to solve it the way this author solved it. The same thing we do with money. I'm going to solve my problems the way Dave Ramsey would solve them or Susie Orman would solve them, whatever. Not that there's anything theoretically wrong with them either, 
but the what I'm talking about is deeper than that. It's asking that question of, for me, what's the right answer? For me, what is the right way to save and spend and invest my money? And the true answer to that is never going to come from shame. It's never going to come from criticism. The capital T truth to it is going to come from love. It's going to feel good to you, even when you need to say no or wait for something, right? So that that part of me that would just sort of rather stay home and have a cocktail than go to spin class, love steps in and says, no, honey, like that ultimately isn't going to feel as good to you. Let's get those sneakers on and head to the gym. That's where you're going to really feel good. And sure enough, it feels really good. And so I feel great about that. And once in a while, I miss my spin class because maybe it's been a really tough day or whatever. And for me, it's just like, no, I need to just chill with my cocktail on the porch and I'll go to the gym a different day this week, right? So love doesn't have that rigidity of it always has to be that and it's never this. And well, once we know this is good, it's always good. That's not what love does. You think about the people, the pets, the children, because children and pets are great because the love is so innocent. Um, think about how you love them and how they love you and how there's such a lack of demand on that. Like this was when I really understood unconditional love was after it happened actually after my second granddaughter was born, grandchild, first granddaughter was born. And I'm looking at her, I'm holding her. She's like three days old, maybe was the first time I went to see her because she lived a little ways away from me. And I'm holding her and I just love her so much. I'm just filled with so much love for this baby. And I realize, oh, I don't even know this baby, right? Like she has no personality. There's nothing charming per se about her. She's not doing a thing for me. She pees and poops and cries, you know, and eats. So, but I loved her so much in it. And in that moment, I realized, oh, like that's unconditional love. I don't need anything in return. What if you loved your money that same way? It doesn't mean unconditional love makes our children grow up to be total brats, right? Because unconditional love doesn't indulge and it doesn't shame. And so it creates this relationship of reciprocity that is equal in its energetic exchange. And so sometimes that might mean I give more, like certainly as a grandparent, well, not a grandparent really, because I'm not around my grandchildren enough to overindulge, you know, for long periods of time. But as a, as a parent, certainly you're giving more than that child is giving on a physical level. But then energetically, there are so many days where that child is giving you so much, it matches that. And then there are days that maybe you don't feel good and your child does something really sweet and loving. And it's like, boom, you know, now they're giving so much. And so in these really loving relationships, there's always a give and take. There's always it always comes back into balance where energetically we're, we're receiving and giving on an equal level. So I hope all that makes sense to you. I'd really love to know in the comments or DM me 
you know, email me, whatever. There are links for everything, social and email and everything in the show notes. Or even better yet, fill out the curious about coaching form and tell me about your relationship with money. And if you want, that might lead to a conversation about whether or not you want to work with me on it. I work with people on money a lot. I've had my own, oh my gosh, what a roller coaster relationship I've had with money where I've totally shamed it. I've overspent, I've filed bankruptcy, I've been homeless, I've done I've had lots of money. I've spent lots of money. I've had beautiful things, you know, like I've had, I've been all over the map with the relationship with money. And what I know is that self-love and not criticism and shame is the way to find your own equilibrium in it. It's the way to, to tune in to what your own relationship, your own barometer with money is. And that's where you're going to feel that give and take, where money's giving, you're spending, you're saving, you're investing, whatever. And it's all in a flow that feels good to you. You can trust it. Those are all qualities that love has, and we can have it with money the way we can have it with people. So let me know what your take on that is, because as always, I want to know... Thank you for joining me for another episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. Check out today's show notes to get any specific links for today and also to get links for your free resources, a link to find out more about my self-coaching framework, the Solve It Method, and a questionnaire for those of you thinking about working with me one-on-one called Curious About Coaching. So thank you so much for being with me in this episode. As always, it means the world to me when you put a five-star review on whichever outlet you're listening to this podcast on. And I will see you in the next episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. Liberate Your People Pleaser.